Hi, I'm Georgina Gulliver, and this is Ben Gulliver, and welcome to the Broken <laughs> Podcast. Right, we'll crack on. And just because you got a holiday let in France or whatever you got, don't think you're a big time because you went. Is it bad? I mean, I just want the world to appreciate some decent art. <laughs> yes, Jamie. Great yes. Great Come on. So many years of my life have been prepped to win a World Cup and then finally to do that was amazing. Love you, boys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. How, how are you both? Yeah, it's been ages, hasn't it? We're both um, we're both really well, actually. Um, kickstarting our our first season coaching together um, at Ivy Bridge Ladies. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. No, it's interesting. Good. Right. Okay. Well, this so this virtual background that I've got on my profile today on the Zoom chat is you and Ben, Georgie and Ben, coaching together at Ivy Bridge, as you said. And I must admit, when I when I saw the story, I was like, "That's amazing." And then when I saw this picture. I just I looked at it and I thought, what is happening in this conversation? Like yeah. what at this exact moment? Because like coach joint coaching, I suppose, is tricky at the best times, but but when when it's husband and wife, I mean, what what are the dynamics like? George, you go first, and then I want to hear Ben's Ben's take on it afterwards. You've obviously looked at that photo and you've gone, oh, you know, Ben and George are coaching together. That's cool. I've got loads of questions. And, so many. <laughs> and it's kind of summarised in this photo, which is like, crazy. Um, no, it, it's actually, it's actually really cool. We, we are, we naturally work quite well together. Um, Ben's a forward, I'm a back. So we've got that, we've got that good balance to the way we coach. Um, I think, I think we balance out each other as well in coaching kind of, I'm definitely more bad cop Ben's good cop. <laughs> really? Mm, you're surprised by that, Tom. I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not. <laughs> Forwards are also always softies. I, I'm not sure I can disclose what was being said in this photo, if I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. It's probably, Come on. Uh, it's probably one of my stupid ideas, as normal. <laughs> yeah. I think Ben's going, shall we do this? And that's a <laughs> No, from me. <laughs> Let's get the eight to kick. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. They won't see it coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Are you sure? I'm probably saying. No, but it's it's, <laughs> it's it's going pretty well. We uh, like Georgie said, we we balance each other out quite well. Um it's what's quite interesting is George George was never gonna go into coaching when when you took it up. Well that's what I thought. It's yeah. like completely out of the blue. And I've been around coaching and around the game a long time and you're you're at I'm going to pick you up there, Georgie. <laughs> You're very natural to it. And as, as head coach, um, she's brilliant because you are firm, but are fair. And then I come in as good cop. So, I, I you know, the girls love me. <laughs> are, all, are we allowed to swear on here? Yeah, crack on. Of course you are. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some of them are, are shit scared of Georgie. Uh, but they admit that. They, they, they do it. admit it. They're quite funny. Um, One but, of the girls has like a real nervous laugh that whenever I ask her to do something, she just pisses herself. Uh, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. Sorry. And I, I really struggle to keep a straight face because I know. <laughs> just being firm. But it's like, I find it quite funny, like keeping that straight face. So, so you, out now, I know. So are you getting the. Um, Ben, Ben, would you mind just asking Georgie if we can possibly, um, you know, you get in those conversations from the girls? So, yeah, so the girls coming to you and asking for what they want, but are scared to ask Georgie. No, no, it's not like that. No, we're not. But they, no, it's uh, not that bad. They, 
thing is, I think they saw me as the weak link, weak link, didn't they, for a little while? They thought, oh yeah, we'll we'll get onto Ben. We can uh, we can get what we want out of him. And then they weren't. And it playing. worked. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then every now and again, when I give them a firm chat, like we did it just before half time, it comes out yeah. blue and. You know, it's 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 good for we we do it for the right reasons, the, the bollocking, but but it can but it can be more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're needed. Yeah, exactly. So why why did you step into coaching? Because I'm pretty sure on the conversations beforehand, it was a no way never like Steve Redgrave shoot me now type thing about going into coaching. What happened? I, I think for me, the reasons and I I said I was quite honest before with you guys, is that I'd only just I'd only just stopped playing. Um, and for me, it was just that I just wanted to, I just wanted to enjoy life without, rugby. not without rugby, just without a rugby commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a massive commitment. It's a huge commitment. And I, I liked just being able to go and watch a game at the weekend or yeah, yeah. watch four games in a weekend, you know. Um, and then we had that weird, like, COVID time when we were just, in the house a lot of the time and you know it was it was just all it was just all a bit odd it wasn't it wasn't the year I wanted after I'd stopped playing I wanted to be able to go oh I've got my weekends back or go and see people and travel and you know go and see family and catch up with friends um say yes to all the like dinners and birthdays and and things that you you have to constantly cancel um but that didn't happen and then one of the so one of the one of the players at Albion <laughs> said, you know, they, they made this move from Plymouth Albion to, to Ivy Bridge Ladies, which I, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know it was in the pipeline or happening, but they've made that move to Ivy Bridge and it's been a fantastic one for them and, and, and one that they, you know, they really needed. Um, and they said, look, um, we're looking for an assistant coach. Would you be interested? And I was kind of you know, when I spoke to you guys probably not long before and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But because of the circumstances, because of the pandemic, they were only training once a week. Yeah. So it, was just a, it was just a Tuesday and there was no games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And none for the foreseeable future. So there was no real commitment for me. It was just, mm. you want to come down and coach on a Tuesday hey, night? See, it's the, it's the classic rugby trick, Tom. You get them in for like one night a week before <laughs> you so know fun. it. They're head coach and they're looking after the whole section. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's what happens at all levels of rugby. Get him in a little bit. Oh yeah, it's so, so not... you had all these, you know, I want to do all these things at the weekend, no commitment. We couldn't do any of that, and we've just gone straight into a rugby commitment. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. And Sunday afternoons tend to be a pain anyway, because you want to be <laughs> sat at home watching rugby. So, yeah. yeah anyway. I mean, it's quite good. The the schedule's nice. It's it's a home game and away game a weekend off yeah um, oh, okay which is yeah which to is be nice. fair it's, it is pretty good this year it wasn't like that previous years they've no. actually tried to kind of work quite hard on the schedule with rest weeks and things haven't they yeah they did um so so far so far so good you know we we haven't had many many away games we got to guildford um this sunday which is obviously a bit of a trek from from the southwest um mm-hmm. we had portsmouth come to us last last weekend which equally is a huge trek for them it doesn't like on the map it doesn't look like it's that far but it, it's a hell of a trip um and as well, yeah no, you're, coming, you're coming to us 
Yeah, we're coming to you. That Tom's cool. sorry, no, sorry, Trojans. My, yeah, mine. Um, and Tom's the Tom's the come and watch. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. What's that? February, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, I've got in the diary somewhere. I've changed yeah. my girls my girls' fixtures to be at home under some sort of spurious <laughs> reason, <laughs> so that we could do the coaching and then come over and watch. Manipulation, like it. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm allowed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, oh, you were that. I know. Oh, that was again. Goodness. That was again a. Oh, do you mind just helping out? Just yeah, yeah no worries. Oh. Well, seeing as you're here, do you mind just? It's only, it's only on paper. It doesn't mean much. <laughs> exactly. It's the classic. It's what happens in rugby all over the country. So, so Ben, how how did how did you then get involved in the coaching setup? So Georgie joined first, and then you. When did you come I in? For, can I have a guess? Ben forwards need a bit of work and um obviously <laughs> you know anytime you just come out and help out for the odd evening and spend some time together it's only one night it's only one night a week and um could you help with the forwards what happened so you you took the head coach role yeah uh, so so the the ladies actually lost their head coach um beginning of this season um, so I was then asked if I would like to become head coach. Um, then obviously I, I, I then needed to find myself a, a forwards coach. I actually, yeah, I was, actually wasn't that interested in doing it to start with, it was, <laughs> you know, because it was just pretty stacked on my first was like, I'm, I don't really want to be coaching at the moment. Work's pretty busy. Got my pod, my own podcast. With yeah, yeah. And, you know, my rugby, my rugby fix was being ticked. Through, through the podcast yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and being able to watch. And then Georgie had a forwards coach that may be coming in, um, but for whatever reason that fell through uh, and then you were left without a forwards coach, weren't you? Uh, and then there's scraping the barrel and uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, there an inter- was there an interview process or? Yeah. You did, you kind of offered in the end, but um, I, I asked Ben to start with. I know he's, I know he had a lot on his plate with, with other things. Um, with other things going on um but then in the end you were kind of like you, you wanted you you knew that you saw a group that you knew that you could improve yeah. so and then i think so sort of i wanted to get back into women's rugby as well because we coached at litchfield well i coached at litchfield yeah. years ago when georgie was there and i tell you what within two sessions i was like yeah made the right decision here it was oh really awesome yeah so it's they're brilliant and it's it's really enjoyable coaching. The girls are great fun. They they, they challenge us. They take the piss out of us, which is funny. <laughs> but we're on the, we've got the mics and they're just forever going, oh, what are we having for tea tonight, Ben? What are we doing? <laughs> they tell us this and I, they just make, they make it happen. But they, they're an awesome group. They work really hard. And like Georgie said about the rugby club and Ivy Bridge, it's, they've embraced having the women's section. They've had the, the girls' side there for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. The first team now and having that full pathway within a club and that oh, it's, yeah it's and it's key and it's a key area of growth for the game and it's if we can help the first team but then have that pathway all the way through yeah 100 yeah, it's great for the area and it's also more importantly than anything, it's really enjoyable yeah exactly yeah I'm, I'm at the bottom of that pathway actually not i'm middle of the pathway and it's amazing the transition them seeing like the big scary hairy girls coming up like oh, god i could be like that yeah. and it's um it's a massive part of it we we've just started. We we only started last week, but we've started inviting the under under thirteens, under fifteens, and under eighteens on on a Sunday before we 
before we play they'll come along and they'll we'll take a, a training session for oh them. nice so some of the players took it this week so th- yeah three players took it and we, we had really good numbers turn out nice nice so them then come and be come and act as ball girls for us and yeah 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 oh brilliant it's just important i don't want it to be i don't want it to be really scary for them to go no. go up to that to take that next step up to, to women's rugby really because yeah. it, it shouldn't be no um, i think yeah and you're right the, the, the transition points from 13 to 15 15 to 18 18 to ladies yeah. are the big drop the big drop-off points yeah, yeah, we can start with like 40 girls under 13 time you get to transition is quite tricky well, not to mention there's some really, really talented under-18s players um, in that group. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to have them in a couple of years. And I don't want Amazing. That. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be that, to be a kind of a deciding factor. But, no, I don't know. I don't, don't know what women's setup's like. I don't know how they train. Uh, it would be too difficult. It, that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be a barrier, I don't think. No. We've done quite well because we're, we're quite... We've had the core group from Albion move over, but we've also attracted because we've got Plymouth Uni and Marjons down here and Exeter. Yeah. So we've we've got a good catchment and we've got we're growing, aren't we? We had sort of picking from twenty two to start from the season. We're now at thirty that could all play first. Oh wow, that's really good. They've come, they've come to wow. us because they've heard there's good things going on. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at the Broken Trophy or Instagram at Broken Trophy Pod. Or why not email us at brokentrophypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so, you know, how important is it for the... We've spoken to other people. Like I know Steph does this at Trojans. Hersey Ladies Cricket, um, you know, they have the sort of the different age groups and then the seniors all training sort of together so that they can see, you know, that that pathway almost is like visible on the night kind of thing. I mean, how important is that, do you think, at your at your club as well? Yeah, it's so important, and that's that's kind of that's why we've started doing it on a on a Tuesday. Um, the under 18s as well are, are allowed to come and they come and warm up with us. Um, so we're all training on the same night anyway. That so they come and join in our warm up, um, and then we we tend to do like a block of um, like handling and decision making, any anything non contact really. So they join in with that and then go back and join the under 18s. Um, so that, like you said, so that they get that continuity, so that they get that kind of step up in in training, that step up in level, I suppose. And and some of them are, are really like outstanding already. So um, it's it's really positive to see. I think also you've got you have the performance element, and this is across boys and girls as well. If and the drop off point. So if you've got the performance element and they transition into your first team, fantastic. But if they stay involved with your club as well, uh, sort yeah. of socially or I don't know a coaching uh, capacity or they refereeing go to refereeing or, or they yeah. go to uni and come back that, that side of it's just as important as their whole experience when they come to us has to be positive in order to keep ret- retain them but also like selfishly we want we want the best ones in the area as well to help us perform on a Saturday but there's there's, there's other areas that we we're trying to get to as well isn't there yeah so, so I guess and the PC answer is going to be I'm only looking at today's you know but has this kind of fired up something in kind of both of you coaching wise in terms of going forwards or I mean, I'm, I'm only looking at the next match but you yeah, know I mean that's the thing we we come as a pair now so <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. I think in terms of the coaching I I think I personally thought I would find it more frustrating 
than enjoyable. Um, and that's not the case at all. I, I, I am really enjoying it. I, don't get me wrong. I find it really stressful. Um, way more stressful than playing. Way more. Really? I'm loving how Ben is nodding quite a lot in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right for me. Georgie's head coach, so I'm fine. <laughs> do you bring it home? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you find yourselves having a lot of, not meetings, obviously, but just chatting about the team at home quite a lot? Yeah, for, well, for selection, yeah, and, and yeah. ability and stuff like that. I guess I guess that's that's the thing for me is that it's it's not a question, it's not a question of commitment at all, but you have to select what's available. And mm. for a for a Saris or a Bristol or or someone like that, going to your going to your nan's birthday party doesn't take priority but for some girls it does no and that but that's, that's reality it's that is reality. community game yeah they, they've all got stuff oh, going on out outside of rugby yeah of course yeah that yeah I, I i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought of before and yeah. i think that's the stressful thing is that it's not it's not a lack of commitment but it's just life yeah it's, life yeah people are available some weeks and some aren't but for for whatever reason, yeah, and then throwing the long the long travels, and some people can't can't commit to that. You know, yeah. every club has it. You have you know you have children or whatever. You can't you can't leave on a bus at half nine in the morning and get back at yeah ten at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that is that the biggest is that the biggest difference? Obviously, you're you know you're someone Georgie that's played at the at the top level in the women's game. I mean, you know that adapting to that must be. Um, that must be a big challenge i guess yeah it, it's really challenging but i i find myself like like ben's quite grounding like that he's you know he's like the voice of reason and i i just yeah i do find it hard when people go oh i'm unavailable we've got that we've been we've got that don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do i really i do really struggle with it and i think what i also struggle with is that on a on a match day, for example, I would just look after myself. I would sort myself out, and then I would know that Ben is sorting himself out. That you know, that every everyone's doing their little bit to be ready for match day, for for a game or or whatever. But when you're the coach, you've got thirty people that all want a, a little tiny, a little tiny yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's not something big, and it's not really unreasonable. But everyone. Want, wants that and they all want it at the same time and I yeah I struggle with that <laughs> I think I'm getting better well we we, had, <laughs> we used to, we had uh when I was literally on section with a guy called uh Rich Bennett so I was his oh. assistant coach then and uh, ledge. he's a proper legend he's coach of Kenilworth now real real good bloke uh ex-teacher and I helped him out and he used to have a saying and it, I used to take the piss out of him oh we all used to, we used to hammer him <laughs> to say c3 before me and I never really understood it. And it was like, see three people before you ask me a question. <laughs> right. I fully get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a great set. I'm taking that. <laughs> Richard Bennett. Richard Bennett. What an edge. Um, RB. So what I, I had a catch up with... Um, with... <laughs> writing it down. I am writing it down. <laughs> yeah, for, me, yeah. for me on Sunday, I'm using that, definitely. Yeah. Kids, stop um, bloody annoying me. See three before me. I'm, I'm using that. I had a um I had a catch up with Sarah Hunter at the she was at the Chiefs game. Um, me and Kim actually went up to watch uh, Chiefs play Loughborough. 
yeah yeah um, in the hope that we might see scars but um you know she's she's big time now and big time. Yeah. yeah so she didn't make the trip but santa did um we had a really good good chat afterwards and she said oh how are you finding the coach i said exactly that thing i was like you know rb used to bang on about c3 before me and we used to piss out of him <laughs> I was like, it's so prevalent it's not even funny <laughs> I, i'm gonna she was like yeah i know it's ridiculous we're both gonna introduce it into our coaching We've not how, so, how are you leveraging off kim and, and co obviously they've been doing it a little bit longer than you yeah, I I, um, I said to Kim, I said to Susie Appleby, um, I've said it to lots of people, I I don't know how you do this as a full-time job. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you're enjoying it, though. I'm, I'm really enjoying <laughs> it, but I don't think I could do it full-time. Really? No, I don't. I don't know. Depends on the checkbook, that does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. make me an offer. <laughs> ben, ben will sign you up. I mean, if you don't want to, it, it, it is pretty stressful, and you know, I'd imagine the high, the higher you go, the, the more stress, the more, you know, the more important those results are, and the more you get scrutinised as as a coach and and your decisions. But yeah, to be fair, the Bristol game that we went to in the middle of COVID, I was actually looking at um, Kim and her coaching team, Tom and Co, more than the game at times, just to see the the level of stress and the level of worry during the whole game. Yeah. I, I was commenting to Tom at the time, I was kind of, just watch, just watch Kim and the coaching team. They are properly going through the meal here. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not and built for it. And they were off the back of, you know, a few quite a few bad results and things just weren't going their way but um you know that I do I find it really harsh and you know the same with Ben as well I, I don't see how the coach is the scapegoat for that I, I really yeah. don't I really don't um I, I don't think I don't think you can blame blame players but I also don't think you can you can blame the coach I'd I just think I just think it's really tough. It's it's quite yeah. a, it's just a cutthroat environment, isn't it? And I guess more and more as a game grows, more money is involved by definition. There, there's all that, you know. There's all the um, the fun and enjoyment and and stuff like that that comes with coaching. But at the end of the day, if if your your job, your career, and your livelihood is on the line, like every week yeah. when you play, it's kind of well, yeah. Then then that. It does become way more important, and then it probably should. And that, and that, yeah, would, agreed. That would come across in the way I coached as well, because yeah, there would there would be way more pressure from me for on players about you know getting getting it right and getting that detail right, and so so I guess then, how do you find that dealing? So was it? There's loads of examples on the football side of players who are amazing who couldn't coach they couldn't understand why players couldn't do it presumably you've got a scrum half there playing for you yeah it's got to be quite daunting for her to go shit my coach used to play for england and was pretty good by all accounts um shit how you know how do, <laughs> how do you how do you do your coaching when some stuff that i'm assuming comes naturally to you doesn't someone you're coaching um I guess I, don't, I can't speak for I can't speak for them and no no but just generally as a coach but yeah I mean right from the beginning I, I I sat down and we I introduced some of the things that that I like to do that I know 
made me a better player. So the, the practice, the detail that goes into my passing game and, and kicking and things like that um, is what I'm doing with, with the nines at the club at the moment. Um, I think from, if you decide one for you to answer, because if I look at it from, from the outside and I watch how the girls react to Georgie coaching them, that there isn't that barrier there because of the work mm. and the conversations you had to do at the start. And there's nice initially, yes, there would be, oh shit. Yeah. You played very high level. Just we're not off the back of a barbars game, etc. But the way we are with them and we're very open uh, and then you bring in the detail, it's, it, yeah. Barrier's gone. It's not there anymore. Is it? No, I don't, I don't think it's there. And I think mm. if for me, as long as they, they want to improve and they want to use, me and use my knowledge and and stuff like that then then that's that's happy days if you get someone that kind of thinks thinks they're brilliant and they're not then that's that's a completely different story isn't it yeah um but we don't have that luckily no <laughs> but i suppose it's it's it, i suppose it's try, sorry to to cut across you but i suppose it's trying to get that well it, it's not trying to get that balance but it is a balance isn't it so they're gonna you know you're you're coming from a a, a high level you know, of performance in the past, which you're going to impart what you've done to get to that level, which may be too high for that, for the level, you know, the level of some of the players or not too high, but you know what I mean? It's just the disparity is there. But then if they're taking on board some of what you're saying, then that's going to bring them up higher to the players on their level. So it's kind of like you're both winning. Do you know what I mean? And and there's some kind of finding that balance in the middle somewhere. I I see what you're saying. And that that's... um... I think that was that was the draw with Ivy Bridge. Is um, I sat down with their with their captain right at the start, um, and and a few of their senior players, and and they said, like they were like we we actually haven't had a backs coach for a long time, like they've mm. only ever had one coach, and it's always been a forward. Um, so they, there's been like kind of minimal input on on the backside of it, and they are crave they were craving like more structure like more stability to their game more um more plays rather than just moves if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so and and yeah some shape to the way that they play so that's that's kind of music to my ears and music to Ben's as well because that's something we can really really easily impart on the team and and change quite quickly um so we had an extended pre-season as well because of covid so we had loads of time to start introducing this new shape and this new this new pattern of pattern of play and and a, and a bit more structure to the way we play um, and yeah. we have time to do it which is normally the the challenging factor isn't it that you're trying to mm. put something together and you've got a game in a couple of weeks but we actually had a, a, an extended preseason so we had the time to to put those foundations in place and it, it was an easy fix for us because yeah. they they learned it so quickly um it, it was unbelievable so we kind of went in our, like our second or third game in when it really started to click um was probably trojans unfortunately brilliant um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but the the shape hadn't quite been there the, the previous couple of weeks it, it wasn't it, they weren't quite getting it and and i was i was questioning then like maybe maybe we've done too much like like tom was saying like we we needed to find that balance and maybe maybe we've just given them too much to start with because it was it was attacking and defensive shape it, it was both and, and we changed everything yeah it it, it was yeah. it was all, it was all of it really um and i kind of was a bit worried that we'd gone 
too much too early. Um, but but then we you just have that one game when everything just seems to click. Everyone's on the same page, and there's a real clarity to to how we're how we're playing. And we were like, no, that they can that there's more. There's more to come from them. So mm. then the next couple wow. of weeks we started introducing a little bit more and. But and the, that was really nice. But the the thing with the women's game and the strength of it now is we've, we've played so well against Trojans and Trojans are a good traditional team. And then the week later, we go up to Columbia, don't we? we? We take one square on the nose and they do a job on us and you're like, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we did the coach, we looked at ourselves, didn't we, after that game? How's the week been? It's not been, it's been pretty similar, but we just, we, we were a bit off and they were, they were on it that day. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's a real strong league for that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's it is, yeah, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to coming down and well, hopefully Tom will come down and watch as well. Yeah, yeah I'm going to come. I might even tap you up to kind of speak to the girls because they'll be like, England player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ben. The, um, so. <laughs> Subscribe to the Broken Trophy podcast. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all your favourite podcast places. So changing tack slightly, the question I had for you, because obviously the Championship pod... So Ben, talk, tell us about your about your podcast. Give it a little, give it a, a plug. The mouthful. <laughs> Championship clubs podcast. There we go. Got Perfect. It right. So obviously, I play for pretty much every championship club there is. I think six in the end. But my good friend Gav Olred, who's a CEO at Bedford, and we we're still in conversations quite a bit. And he came up and said, "Oh," and I said, "I've always wanted to do a podcast." And he said, oh, I've got an idea. We'll run one for the for the championship unofficially through the club side of it because the RFU didn't really want to no. touch the championship at all at the moment, is yeah. the general view. Yeah. And then we, we did a little dummy one with a guy from Jersey and then we got um, Alan Paver on. So we, we brought in a guy called Mike Casey uh, from Doncaster and then it's recorded in Doncaster, so we have somebody editing it for us, which is quite nice. And for me, it's uh, cool. okay. So for me, I just literally find go into the the guest the, the black book and try and find a guest. And then we got off to a flyer. We had Alan Paver on, yeah, Tom, Tom Youngs, Ali Price, and Tom Thomas Francis, and we just boom <laughs> smashed it. And it is uh, wow. And it's it's been just, it's just good for me. It's just it's a bit of fun. Yeah. Is it is that Tom Francis the the fake Welsh hooker? Welsh prop. Welsh prop, yeah. 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 <laughs> I met his parents before the World Cup match on the on a booze bus at Twickenham randomly. And he was wearing his dad was wearing England shirts under the Welsh shirts. He's like, he's not, <laughs> he's, he's not Welsh. He's definitely not Welsh, but that's where he's playing. So he still he still had an England shirt underneath. Brilliant. We nearly miss we nearly missed kickoff because we were anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I can imagine Steph. <laughs> the pods in an area or space is just about positivity around the championship. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's great. That's that's the goal of it. We're we're not there to dig anyone out. No, no, no. And it's because uh, it's it's an easy thing to do is to have a pop at the RFU around championship funding, but we just try and do it with the right people and the right stories. And it's it gets a bit of traction. It's it, it's helping in certain areas, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, genuinely, I I follow it, and the interaction is great on the on the pod and stuff. And I think. Right, so the question that I've I've been asked at my place quite a lot is around obviously Saracens got relegated. And I think I asked you this on the through the chat on the pod, on your pod. But good thing or bad thing for the championship? That was brilliant. I think it was good. I think it was they, they were in the wrong. I think it was the right thing to do. Um and then when they were in the championship, it it added a lot of value. 
And I think also looking at the league this year, it's a lot tighter post series. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know if the level's gone up a bit, um, but then Saris is second in the Premiership and Pirates beat them last year. So it's this. Mm. Yeah, but that but that first game was a proper bloody nose. That was brilliant. It made them walk the long way to the pitch, like through the forest, all this kind of shit. <laughs> you have to try and get them properly off. It's good though, and and to have um to have a, a team like Saris in, in that league, and you know, it, it's a shame that the pandemic was an issue because yeah. they clubs would have seen like massive gates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, better income. Hundred percent. Those crowd, their crowds would have been up and and stuff like that, and that's only a positive thing for for that league. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, so I guess aside from funding, which is always going to be a challenge from the RFU generally, what would you say are the two or three biggest challenges for the championship at the moment? Um, sustainability, I suppose, is the, is the one that jumps out. How how they get to sustainability, um, and I think. If they could get a TV deal, a free-to-air, or something along those lines, that would be a massive win for the league um, because there's really good stories. And then we spoke to uh, someone at the Rugby Journal a few weeks ago and he was saying about how how a game is shot and how a story is told. It'd be key to key for the championship. And I think with the BBC doing what they are with the women's game, you know, and they, cause they could do it with the champ as well, then it's just... There's just some great stories out there and it's proper rugby and the, the yeah, quality yeah. Is, is very good. It's of a high standard. Um, it's just, that that would be the, not the answer, but it would help with clubs then being able to become sustainable because they can attract commercial entities yeah. in through through a free-to-air uh, TV deal. But I think the RFU do need to potentially put a few a bit more funding into the game at that level. But how they do that when they're losing money as they are at the moment, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty mm. tricky uh, thing to navigate for four or five. Yeah. Yeah, because you're talking about stories like the English prop who came through, I can't his name now, Dolly, who came through from the Championship through through to Leicester, through to England, you know, in the space of no time. The think, gap can't be that big. I think the thing that now is that story is not, it's not a shock anymore. It no. The time. It's, it's like, that's the quality of the league. So it's not, we're not saying even go into the Premiership and finish in the top four. That's not going to happen. But a top quality player from Ealing can go into a Premiership club and play for England. That can 100% happen because yeah. it hurts every season. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair, like the Jersey coach going into the England setup, yeah, was nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think it was that um, that kind of flippant comment by the RFU about saying that the, the league has no value um, and, it, and it doesn't support the elite top end of the game and and I yeah we disagree. disagree with that and, yeah, and yeah. thousands of people weren't there as well disagree with that. Mm. Um I just think yeah like flippant silly remarks like that just that's totally unnecessary isn't it and yeah. and it's and it's not it's it's not good publicity for the RFU at all let alone yeah. let alone anything else. But so there, there is in the public domain Bill Sweeney when he reduced the funding, came out with five key points that the club should have hit that he'd made up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's, mm. that's in print. And it's sort of, you have not hit uh, referees' pathways, community, blood, you know, fire, I can't Capacity remember or, the five yeah. things. And it's the first the clubs had heard of it bef a week before their funding got stripped. And I, wow. So it was, 
it was going to get stripped anyway, but it was the wrong way of doing it. Yeah, hundred percent. And they just need to be a bit more open and honest about about mm. what's going on because clubs can clubs, clubs can plan for that exactly. Yeah. Like you, you're always going to get um, you know a, a money man that will chuck money at a club, but at the detriment to what and like yeah, then, is that sustainable? You you might have a a really good season with that, but it's not going to last. So clubs are looking at putting in plans to keep them in the championship for the for the next five, 10, 15 years. Not, not oh, how are we going to just survive this season because we've now had everything cut. It's it shouldn't be like that. No. Yeah, no, that's true. Let them know what they've got to work with and and don't just. Well, it's the basics around a business, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, it's stripping out the emotion and everything else from it and club loyalties. It's a you know the business and you've got you to know what you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but it's, uh, the, the good thing is the league's in a really good position on the field. Um, it's the rugby's great. The league's very tight this season. It's uh, it's a it's a good place to play, watch it, and you know it's great for me to be able to talk talk to people. So if, if you if you've got your magic five pounds, who are you putting it on to win? Shit, that, now that's changed. This last yeah. week. <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's something like five points separates one and four, which is Ealing and Ealing, Jersey, Doncaster, and Pirates. Yeah. I think Ealing or Fate are still favourites. But I think the great thing this year is they're not because last season in for the pandemic it was just one game each, wasn't it? Now they're playing home and away. So you know, Ealing going to Donny. It, Donny winning at home is great, and now Doncaster go down to Pirates this weekend, and you think Pirates might yeah be- might turn them over. But I think Ealing will win it. Just it's amazing to think Jersey are in that in that. Group. Oh Jesus! There comes no, Sodden Jersey. We no, do no. one. I thought we could do one pod without mentioning Jersey. I didn't. I didn't even bring them up. You know, I, I, but it's just it's just incredible. Like. They built that stadium years ago, and um, they—they—I they, know they made so much investment into the into the team. There's no one from Jersey actually in that team. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Let's be fair <laughs> here. Like... But I mean, we were talking to cricketers from Jersey last week, weren't we? And they've got this whole sort of high development, um, or sorry, high performance sports facility over there, which all the British Lions were training at, and um, so I think the facilities that. The, the Jersey team have got access to it's incredible. And a move to build that, like normally mm. going to Portugal or or somewhere like that, but yeah, let's go to Jersey instead. Brilliant. Yeah, you can imagine the players though. Right, we're going to Portugal. Awesome. In a Jersey. Okay. <laughs> They're in the sea having a nice swim. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Actually, that was my other question before <laughs> before we have got to wrap up. But I've been seeing you've been swimming. A bit, with a bit of Instagram stalking. Oh, yeah. so we, yeah. We've probably been um, not been as hardcore as you the last last few weeks, but um, yeah, we, we've been really enjoying it. Really. Yeah, swam with a seal the other week. Yes, yeah, Sammy, or Sammy's cousin, probably down your way. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually. Sorry. <laughs> Spearmint. <laughs> Spearmint seal. Yeah. Nice. You weren't, you weren't, you don't do night swims and stuff like that, like Stefan was doing last night and stuff no, like that. I mean, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to. But oh, you should do. No, there, there's, a proper, <laughs> there's a proper community down here. Yeah. Crazy, crazy old ladies in there. Blue tits. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, them. <laughs> Blue tits. It's an actual group. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
I saw Rick say no more. That's true. Yeah, he, saw, he met them. That's what yeah. I want to chat about that. But yeah, yeah. now you're swimming. That's it. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I think we, yeah, it, it would have been silly for us not to living down here. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's on your doorstep. I think, who was I speaking to? Somebody the other day, I think it was Skaz, was like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram soon because I'm just sick of it. To be I, have, I, have felt sim- <laughs> I have felt similar at times. Yeah, I get that. With the volume of, you know, <laughs> I, I think I'm quite bad and Tom takes the piss out of me mercilessly for paddleboarding and swimming stuff, but you're at a different level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Georgie's, Georgie's post, to be fair, just looked like a nice days out. You swim in Arctic conditions, Steph. That's what... <laughs> I'm, I'm just not on board with. You're way more hardcore than us. <laughs> yeah, just, fat, unbelievable. Just, just fatter. <laughs> I'm all about nice, calm water, paddle boarding in the sun, you know, maybe a can of gin in my dry bag. Yes. That's oh, me. yeah. See, I can associate with that. I can I can get on board with that. I'd definitely. love to get you on. I'll see you in the canoe, Tom, and you capsize it within seconds. <laughs> yeah, you'll chop me in. Like... A dry bag with a, a bar in it and then go and find nice, yeah. you know, nice coats. We went have a little bar oh, that's that sounds that's that's perfect i mean we we went canoeing didn't we for a friend stag do once and um i think it was either you or sean push tried to push me in it was absolutely merciless yeah we actually then went to a brewery and the guy who was running it who subsequently got fired um just literally went well i'm here all day here's a pint glass just fill your boots <laughs> now we're talking yeah it's one, mo- one of those moments where you're like you just said we can okay and... well, i'll have a little try of this one and he'd pull you a pint basically wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> funny enough he then subsequently lost his job fairly soon afterwards yeah. you know, advertising for a new head brewer <laughs> colin what a legend colin, Georgie, I've, colin sorry i've got to i've got to ask you before we before we let you go um obviously the england women internationals have, have just been on and from all reports England are looking absolutely formidable at the moment. Um, and Ben mentioned it earlier about the um, Premier 15s, the Women's League, uh, the Domestic League uh, is on BBC. I think it's on Red Button, on the website and on the app and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It feels to me from a distance, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not rugby isn't my prime sport, but just from a distance looking on, it feels like like the momentum keeps growing with with women's rugby. Is that is that a fair assumption at the moment? Yeah, I think I think you're spot on there, and um, I think you know, like the BBC took a chance. I suppose not not really took a chance. It was it was a long time coming. Put those mm. nationals on the BBC, and as a direct reaction to the viewing figures, they've now decided to to show a Premier Fifteens game every, every weekend. Like yeah. that is absolutely class and. Yeah. It just shows it just shows that if you if you are looking to invest in women's rugby or you know you, you take it you, you you feel like you want to take that next step that that chance then it's going to pay off because you know they they've done that they've put it on the bbc the viewing figures were through the roof um yeah. the uptake of of women and girls playing after something like that you know we're not going to see that straight away but down the line is going to be unreal um mm. and oh. and the fact that they then went, you know, it's halfway through the, the Premier 15 season. So they didn't even go, oh, we'll wait till next season and we'll trial a couple of games on the BBC straight away, straight on the app last weekend. Uh, Bristol, 
Bristol Wasps, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, Bristol, it's, Bristol, it's, and it's Bristol Saracens this week. Bristol Saris, um Saturday. Yeah, this week. It is going to be unreal. Got to watch that game. 12.30 kickoff, yeah. I think. It, that is going to be a sensational game. I, I'd love it as well because I have frustrations around rugby and how it's marketed and where it goes. And the women's game is the area of growth it massively. So if you look at cricket and what they've done with 100 and how they've brought families uh-huh. in, um, and then you look at the, the women's internationals that they've had recently at Exeter and around the country, and you look at the demographic that's watching those games, it's different. Yeah, It's not the same people that are watching England at Twickenham or, you know, uh, Saints against Leicester. It's different people watching the game. Yeah, agreed. So it's massively important. I'm well chuffed. It's it's on the beeb. It's it's brilliant for the game. Because because that was always going to be the difficulty. Is how do you get that? How do you get that person that's always only watched men's rugby to then watch a women's game when there's a men's game on as well? I mean, how how do you how do you share that? How do you share that crowd, I suppose? How do you... But, yeah. Because it is, and you do make a decision, don't you? You can't, you can't physically watch every game of rugby at the weekend, but you choose to watch one over the other, and it's why. I and think you don't. Processing that different, um, that different fan base and, and all those young girls that are coming through that want to be England players or aspire to be international players in the future or, or want to just play Premiership rugby. Amazing. BCI... Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess for me, I see it as a ground. I always will see it as a ground roots up thing. So the whatever it is, thirty odd girls I've got on a Sunday, they're all bringing for a match when we can get one. Um, their dad, their granddad, their mum, their aunties, their whatever. They're coming with a massive posse every time. Yeah, and that's that's which is a whole different challenge. But that is um, <laughs> that's also that ground roots. Then go and watch games. So suddenly they're the ones who are. Um, going online to watch the Dubai Sevens who are looking to watch a game that kind of stuff is that is it's changing the minds of people actually at the grassroots and then they've got a product to go and watch in the past you had the grassroots but no product to go and watch easily it's that emotional attachment isn't it you, yeah. you watch yeah. a team because you know a player or you know yeah you've met you know you've a, a young girl might have met um a Sarah Hunter and Emily Scarrett at an England game and she signed their shirt do you know what I mean and then all of a sudden yeah. Like now they're my they're my icon, so I'm going to go to Loughborough Lightning and, and watch them play because we live down the road, and yeah. Yeah, my dad has to take me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to watch as well, but, and then, and then one day you then play for them, and then the family come and watch you, and that's that is how it starts. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right about the characters. I mean, it just you know again because we've done this pod, we've spoken to a few people. I mean, I always think of sort of Poppy as just such an incredible player for England but like if you look at her on social she's she's you know there's a lot of content she that's going out you know with her speaking to you know different sort of podcasts or you know she's got a voice and a lot of people are you know can associate with her and they see her on social media so they can aspire to it like I think the characters within women's rugby just keep building and that that sort of takes the fans along with them I guess as well yeah you're right and you know I didn't didn't expect us to get through a, a pod without talking about Poppy, but for someone like, <laughs> like me with Jersey, sorry, like me with Jersey, Tom's got two things he has to mention. <laughs> Poppy, like you, you look at her when she was a, a prison officer. You guys met her when she was when she yeah. was working full time as a prison officer and playing rugby. Like her, 
social media profile is completely changed because yeah. now she's yeah. a full-time <laughs> rugby player and not not just has that that time but she has she has access to to all these things and she has the ability to do that and she has help with that and that's and that's amazing but you and you do see those those different characters of of people coming out and then they're, they're not all in a mold and one size fits all you know you've got poppies you've got hannah bottomans you've got um marley packers and and they're all different and unique in their own way and they've all got a great personality that should be on show yeah but it, it's it's not just one thing that's that's changing in in women's rugby the whole dynamic is changing and and that's and that's where the growth is coming from and that's what's yeah. going to continue to push it forward because yeah the rugby kind of speaks for itself now. They, it's a skillful, fast-paced brand of rugby that people enjoy watching. That's that's not questionable anymore. Well so it's about marketing all, all the all the things that come with it. It's the package, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That I think that's the way you've said it there. I think it's a brilliant summary of. Of, of where the women's game is and you know as as we said at the start it's great to see both coaching in it in the game and uh, and good luck with with the role as it as it goes on and uh, keep us posted on how you get on anyway we better wrap up there thank you so much george and ben for your time good luck as i said with the with the role and yeah we'll catch up with you at the uh at ivy bridge v, v uh, trojans yeah the big game <laughs> cool.